It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I'm the creator of the Ag Ship, a credentialed Utah State uh, outlet for $6 a month or $10 a month, depending on your subscription tier. $10 a month tier gets you the film stuff, premium Q&A. You've heard me say all this before. $6 gets you pretty much all of the other stuff. Uh, Actually, all of the other stuff. And then free subscription gets you the podcast and the weekly player profile. And this week it would get you access to the cover story for Utah State's 35-7 to loss to Weber State. Um, <clears throat> the cover story is all, always going to be behind the Ag Ship tier, which is the $6 tier, but this week I felt that it was, I don't know that necessary is the, is the right word, I don't want to, <laughs> that, that feels maybe a little bit too complimentary of myself, but uh, I, I felt that it was important to, to make that story available to more people, to, to give uh, a larger base access to that. I thought it was a pretty important story relative to Utah State's season, uh, writing about a pretty important game in Utah State's season. Um, I'm going to start here. There's a lot to talk about from the game itself, but I'm going to start at the end. I'm going to start with the press conference uh, with the thing that has really, really gotten some people riled up, I think, um, that I have seen from Utah State Twitter, specifically. Um, I got a, a good deal of this in my replies last night. I have seen people talking about it ambiently for the last 24 hours or so. Uh, it was certainly a storyline during the game, um, and uh, perhaps even more so after the game. Um, and I want to start with the press conference because um, I want to I want to talk a little bit about journalism um, and about asking questions at a press conference. Um, do you have if you are a Utah State fan online at all, or you are at the game, or you watch the game, you are aware of the uh, circumstances of the second half of this this past Saturday's game of the. Uh, Throughout the half booing uh, at various points of play calling, which was not good, of coaching decisions, which were not good, um, of uh, an interception return for a touchdown, which was not good. None of it was good. It was all bad. Um, And in tandem with that, at times, there were chants largely from the student section. Not to pinpoint it too much, largely from the student section, of we want Cooper in reference, of course, to backup quarterback Cooper Lega, who eventually did enter the game in the fourth quarter, uh, went four of nine passing for 37 yards, threw an interception, was sacked, uh, ran the ball pretty well, five carries. He's listed at five carries for 12 yards on ESPN. It was actually five for 21 uh, when you factor out any sacks, uh, which he ran the ball pretty well. He's got good legs. He's, he's, a, he's a good athlete. Um, but I want to start here because I asked a question in the post-game press conference to Blake Anderson that seemingly uh, itself ruffled some, some feathers. The answer I got from Blake Anderson certainly ruffled some feathers. I asked him about those chants, about the reaction to Logan Bonner, uh, quarterback who did not have a good game, 12 of 31 for 120 yards, three interceptions, including that that pick six that 
basically ended the game in the third quarter, and I asked him about it. I, I asked, I don't remember ex- my exact phrasing. I don't think it really matters. But I, I, I asked him about the crowd reaction to Logan. Um, in reference to, you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna have to just take me at my word on this. In reference to the chance, I was not referencing the booing. I was referencing the chance. Um, and I, I think that there has been some backlash against the idea that the the booing was of players or of Logan specifically. I I I really don't. I really don't. I I don't. I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this. That is not what I meant when I asked the question. That's not what I was referring to. I was referring to the chance. Um, I, I think that the booing was for any number of things. Uh, all of them, like I said, bad. I think that there was definitely booing of the play calling, the third and long running game, which was baffling for, for all 60 minutes. I don't really know what the thinking was there. Um the uh, I think a lot of it was related to Logan being in the game, not necessarily booing of Logan, booing of the concept of him being in the game. He he's not, he doesn't appear to be fully healthy. He's not moving especially well. It seems like the leg is bothering him and he's causing him problems. Is that a a, a thing that needs to be differentiated? Um, a lot of people seem to think so. I I, I don't have a super strong opinion on it in either direction. I can understand both sides of it um, operating as a member of the media, which is, I think, kind of where I'm supposed to be, where media is supposed to be, is being able to understand both sides of a conflict. Um, I think on the fan side, there are absolutely, I, I I would think, I would hope that the vast majority of the booing was not of the players. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I've seen enough people say that it was not in reference to players specifically, that it was in reference to coaching decisions, um, that I, I, I'm, I'm going to, for, for my own sake, for my own brain, and for my own, uh, you know, trying to not be too cynical, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it wasn't that. I'm going to hope it wasn't that. I don't think it was. Blake Anderson saw things differently. I I would guess that he's not alone in the locker room in seeing things differently. I think that he took the booing as as booing of the players. I'm sure that he knows that it was directed to him as well, but I think that he he took some of it at least as booing towards players, towards one specific player who he has a very, very long relationship with, a very, very long relationship with, more than half a decade he has spent with Logan Bonner. And he was defensive of his quarterback. Logan Bonner is the starter at Utah State. He's going to continue to be the starter at Utah State for as long as he is healthy enough to do so. And Blake Anderson made that very clear. Um, I think he took the opportunity to make a statement in favor of his players, in in favor of his team, to, to let them know on a public stage that he was with them, that there was no, he didn't have any plans to throw them under the bus. Um, I get it. I totally get it. I, I think that maybe, uh, I think there's maybe uh, some some people being a little bit too, uh, I don't know what the word would be. Uh, people taking that maybe the wrong way. I don't know what you want him to do. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what you want him to do. He's not going to throw the guys under the bus. Is that on me? Is that on my question? I don't know. I I, I don't know. But he's not going to. 
I don't think there's a coach in America who's going to. I don't think that there's a coach in America who's going to get up there and say, yeah, we should be booed by our home fans. I just, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are coaches. Brian Kelly would do that. Brian Kelly boos his own players from the sidelines. But I don't think that that's the kind of culture that Blake Anderson has built. I don't really know that that would be, I don't think that would make sense for him to do. I don't think that that's what he does. I don't think that's his his style. I don't think it's especially surprising the answer that he gave. I was a little bit surprised that he was harsh. He was harsh about it. He was not, he did not hold back in how he felt about it in general. I don't think that it was even just as a, as a, you know, framing it as a potential reaction to Logan, which again, I, I really was not trying to do. <laughs> I, I, I want to be very clear about this. I was not trying to frame this as the booing being a, relax, a reaction to Logan. I was just talking about the chance. I don't think the chants are very debatable. Um, that's a, that's, he's right. <laughs> Blake Anderson is right. The chants are embarrassing. Come on. Come on. Logan Bonner is a... If Logan Bonner is not going to win you the game, Cooper Legault is not, is not going to come in and, and change that. I'm sorry, he's not. And I, I think that the chants for Cooper were ridiculous. I, I, would, I would entirely agree with that. I, I think in this game... In these circumstances, at that point, when it was 28-7 to after the interception, taking Logan off the field might have made sense just to, you know, game was over. And I think that taking him off the field might have made sense just to keep him healthier, keep him from going out there for another quarter, getting battered around a little bit more. It was not going to work. I, I don't I don't I don't think that bringing Cooper in the game was going to fix anything, certainly, but I could understand that. I don't think that's what the chance were for. I think there's a larger implication there, um, intended or not, and that's the, that's the thing, intended or not. The other side of this is that those guys down on the field are 18, 22 years old, and when they hear booing, they think it's of them. I I I don't know another way to put it. They think it's them. They do. College college athletes, if there is negativity, especially from the home crowd they are going to take it personally. They're going to take it very personally, some of them. And there's not a way around that. They're not. It's a part of the story, and it's a part of the story that is important. It's a part of the story that was obviously important enough to Blake Anderson to to go on a, a pretty lengthy uh, monologue about it when I asked. And I, I think that that is an important thing to keep in mind here, is that th- it's going to be read a certain way, even if it was not intended in that way. And like I said, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. But I, I, it's going to be read that way. It is. When you're down on the field, you don't differentiate. You don't. As a player, you don't. It's not It's not on your mind. You are not playing well as a player. You hear booing. You think it's of you. Every one of them does. I... I, I I don't think I'm stating an opinion here. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to 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 state the facts here. And I I just they're not going to differentiate whether you agree with that or not, whether you think they should or not, they're not going to. Whoever it was for. If it was for coaches, if it was for players, it was for co- I think it was for the coaches, I do. I think a lot of it was for the coaches. I think the vast majority like I said was for the coaches. The chant different story, but they're going to take it the way that they do. And I, I think that, that Blake's response is in that context, coming from that locker room, coming from a locker room where I would assume I'm not there, I'm not in the locker room. I would assume there were some pretty 
pretty bad uh, feelings. There were some pretty rough emotions. I think that there were probably some players who were really struggling with the the situation that had just unfolded. This is not um, not the kind of thing that you prepare for, really. You know, you you can you go into a game, you try to prepare for a game, you try to be ready to go, but when you're an FBS team, especially one that's coming off a conference title, you don't prepare for this. You don't prepare to lose to an FCS team. You don't know what you're going to feel after that. You you've not felt this before. Utah State hasn't felt this in 21 years. And so Blake Anderson was coming to that room, that press conference room, tucked away right above the Weber State locker room, which was celebrating, uh, understandably. And he was coming to it from a locker room of a whole bunch of college kids who were probably pretty despondent. Some of them probably angry. Some of them probably just sad. And these are guys who he spends how much time with a week? A lot. A lot of time. These are guys he's recruited. These are guys, in some cases, he's brought with him across the country, like Logan Bonner, who came with him across the country to a new place. Logan Bonner's from Texas. He's not He's not a Utah guy. He's from Texas. He came with Blake Anderson to Logan. And I think Blake Anderson is justified in, in wanting to defend his guys. And... Again, you could debate all day if he needed to. You can do that. I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't care. You can do that. It's fine. It's it's you can you can debate it. I think you could take umbrage with what he said. Absolutely. I, I don't know that I if I was in his shoes, I would have been quite as extreme in in singling out the fans. That's always a kind of a tough line to toe. But I, I think that the answer that I got, and I'm going to circle around to journalism here, the answer that I got was raw, and I think it was true. I think it was truly how he feels. Was it true factually? I don't know. Again, that's not my job. I, 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 it's, it's not my job to figure out what the root of the booing is. I can't. It, does, you, it, does, it can't be known. I'm going to take people with their word. And like I said, I'm going to take people with their word for my own sake, for their sake. I, I'm... I'm I'm going to believe that that, that's, that it was not of the players. I'm going to believe that. I, I, I do. I believe it. But Blake Anderson and those players are allowed to see things differently. They are experiencing the game in a different way than people watching in the stands, than me on the sideline taking pictures, than people watching at home. They're experiencing differently. They're experiencing the crowd reactions differently. It's really loud down there. Even comparatively to being in the stands, being down on the field is really loud. You hear all of it. You hear all of it, and I I don't know. I don't know that the reaction has been entirely fair to Blake, and I don't know that his statement was entirely fair to the fans. Again, it's not for me to decide, but I don't think the reaction to Blake has been fair. I, I think that there is a a lot of frustration with this result for really good reasons, extremely good reasons. This is a disaster. Disaster from Utah State. Disaster. One of the worst losses in program history, at least of the last millennium. Absolutely. Uh, you know, 21 years since the last FCS loss, and there's there were a lot of really bad years in the last 21 years. The, the Brent Guy era was in the last 21 years. And... This is a team that had high expectations, really high expectations. That can be that can be a lot. 
that can be a, a lot to have to deal with, you know, intentions, I think can boil over on any side. I think it can boil over in the stands. It can boil over on the sidelines. It can boil over in the press conference room. And I think that, that Blake was frustrated. I, I, I'm not going to try and psychoanalyze the man too much. Cause I, I, I'm not, again, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know, but I think that there's maybe a little bit, I think people are maybe treating him a little bit too harshly for something said in the circumstances that it was said in, understanding where he's coming from, literally, and just, you know, speaking of a matter of uh, the work that he does, the time that he spends with these guys, all of that stuff, the connection he has with these guys and with his staff, with these families of these players, um, I, I think there's been, I think people have been a little bit cruel. Uh, harsh to Blake and to this answer. He was frustrated. He was he was very, very frustrated after a very frustrating game. He was coming from a locker room, like I said, with a whole bunch of guys who were not in a great spot. He was not in a great spot. And there are questions to be answered about this game, about this team, about this season. Questions that I will ask. I'll be there. I'm gonna keep asking questions. I'm not going I'm not gonna stop asking questions, hard questions, easy questions. And I, I think that, again, this is not an answer. This, there's not a, this is not a problem with an answer, really. This is not a, uh, there's not, I don't think there's a right or wrong here. I think it's gray. I think that it's, it's something that you can see it from whatever angle you want to see it from. I can see, like I said, I can see both angles. I can see them both. And I, I, I think that, I think that both parties people who, who reacted to Blake's statement negatively, who have in some cases turned on him, which I think is egregious. I don't, I don't understand that guys. It's one game. It's one game. They won the mountain West last year for the first time ever. He's 12 and five. Uh, that, that, that's extreme to me. That's extreme to me. I don't know how much that's going to actually hold. But I, I, I think that, that some of that was unfair to Blake. I think that it was not considering appropriately from, from where he was coming in this circumstance. I think some of what Blake said was probably unfair. The fans have a right to be upset about this. They do. This is not an acceptable loss by any means. There's no acceptable way to lose this game, but this is especially. I mean, goodness gracious, it was bad. It was really bad. And I think he knows that. I would hope he knows that. I'm sure he does. And I, I think that there is, a, the, the, as a fan, there's only so much you can do. There's only so many options you have, you know. Booing's one of them. It is. And it, it's... I, 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 again, I get it. I do. Fans are, are allowed to be frustrated. I, I am, you, you, you will not find somebody here on this podcast who is going to, uh, navel gaze at fans for expressing frustration. I spent, God, five years at Ohio State encouraging people to be more upset about things that were happening. I did. It may not seem like it, because I've tried to stop doing that. I I didn't really, I don't know. I don't I don't get into this a ton. I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't really enjoy being that guy. I felt bad about it. I felt bad being the negative guy. Um, 
it, 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 it isolated me from other people on the beat with whom I would have liked to have a better relationship than I did from coaches, from people in that athletic department, from whatever it is. I was, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very young still. I, I'm, I'm 22 years old. I'm going to turn 23 in October. And when I started on that beat, I was 17. And I, I did not always handle things appropriately. I was frequently one of the first people to, to encourage frustration, to encourage anger with the team. And I'm trying really hard to grow and to be better about it at Utah State. And I think I'm doing a good job of it so far. I do. I, I am trying as best I can to extend the benefit of the doubt to all parties involved in, in anything that I cover. And I don't think I did a good enough job of that at Ohio State. I'm trying. I want this to come through in the podcast that I am... I, am, uh, I come from a background as a fan, not of this team. I don't have a team anymore that I root for. I gave that up when I started covering the sport. It's a sacrifice you make. It's a, oh, poor me, <laughs> to cover college football for a living. Um, but I, I understand it. I understand the perspective. I do. I've booed. I've booed at games. I've booed at Ohio State games. I've spent an entire game yelling at Greg Schiano in 2017 to run a zone defense for once in his life. <laughs> feels like a lifetime ago, but I've done that. I have. I get it. I do. I really do. I, I, I understand that as a fan, there's only so much you can do. Like I said, there's only so much you can do. And this is a game that, that is, you know, there's not a whole lot else that's going to merit. It's not. This is bad. It's really bad. It's a really, really bad loss for a program that could not afford a loss like this. You know, it's, uh, what is the was the old uh, myth. Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Pushing the rock. Pushing the stone up the mountain. That's what this job is. You're pushing the stone up the mountain. And it, 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 they got it really far last year. They did a really, really great job and built a lot of momentum. And this was a, a stumbling moment. This was a stumbling moment for sure. And I think that it is perfectly acceptable to voice your frustration with that. Now, chanting for the backup quarterback, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. That one, there's not, uh, personally, I, I have not heard an argument that can sway me on that. You are, uh, when you do that, whether you mean to or not, you are insulting the guy who is playing quarterback. You are. You are directly calling for him to be replaced. It's it's not gonna, it's not gonna go. It just isn't. It's not gonna go. That's not gonna work here. I, I don't think that that is the kind of, I don't think that's the kind of behavior that is really acceptable. Um, this guy Logan Bonner is an old college football player. He still is a person who has done a lot for Utah State in a year. He's been here a year and change. He has done a lot. He's done a lot. And I don't think that one bad game is is enough to justify, you know, humiliating him like that. I don't think it is. I don't know what it would take for that to be justifiable. I don't think you should do it. I don't think the chanting for Cooper was acceptable. The booing, I get it. I get it. The play calling was really bad. The coaching decisions were questionable. The, the play calling has been bad all year. I'm going to write about it in the film study. 
for tomorrow. You li- you've been listening to this on Monday. It should be up today. I'm, I've got a lot to a lot of work to do for that because I'm going to try and chart it, uh, which takes time. But uh, all of this goes to say that I get it. I get it on both sides. I get I get it. I get Blake's frustration with it. I get the crowd's frustration with their team playing so poorly. I get people's frustration with me asking the question, which is the last point I want to make. Guys, it's my job to ask hard questions sometimes. Somebody had to ask the question. It was a part of the game. It was a part of the game. It was a big part of the game. It was the storyline of the second half, I think. There was not a whole lot else going on in the second half. They were going to lose the game. Offense didn't have anything going. It was a part of the game. It was a part of the game that was that was unique and not... You don't see this a lot in college football. You don't get a lot of home crowds booing a team in general, but this team won the Mountain West Championship last year, and I wanted to know what the head coach of that team's reaction was to that. I did. I wanted to know. I was curious. I thought that it would be... I don't know. I didn't go to journalism school. I started this out of high school. Not this specifically, but I started being a a writer, a reporter out of high school. I didn't go to J school. I've had to learn through, you know, watching other people and, and, and going to press conferences and doing all this stuff. And I felt that it was a necessary question to ask. I stand by it. I do. I do. I think it was, I think it was a good question. If I didn't ask it, somebody else was going to. But I, I think it was I think it was necessary. And I I I don't know. I I'm not the story in this. I'm not. I just asked the question. But I, I need to defend the question. Cause I, I've 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 seen I've seen comments against it. I've seen comments about it not being a fair question. I've seen whatever and I I I, I you know you you can say my writing's not good. I don't I don't care. I'm confident in my writing. <laughs> I, 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 enough people like it. I feel fine about it. I'm I'm good. You can say, oh, this is not good. I disagree with this opinion. Whatever. But my questions, man. I work on those. I work on those during the game. I spend time thinking about what questions are important to ask here. I'm I'm trying. I don't know. I'm I'm I'm. I'm trying to get the best stuff that I can for you guys. I'm trying to get the best stuff that I can for Utah State fans. I think that's my job. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe my job is to just ask about, you know, you know, hey, uh, how are you feeling after this? I don't think that's a I don't think it's a good question. You know, it's I don't I don't think that it's my job to sit there and say talk about the passing game. Talk about questions. I don't do talk about questions. They're bad. It's a bad question. It's lazy. Lazy journalism. Talk about. Think of a question. <laughs> talk about's not a question. Talk about the quarterbacks. Ask a question about the quarterbacks, man. I'll talk about them if you ask about them. Drives me crazy. It's a sidebar. But I think it's my job to ask hard questions sometimes. It's something I take seriously. This is something I take to heart. I'm trying to... You know, I'm trying to deliver stuff here that is meaningful for people, that is important, that is valuable for Utah State fans. I, I, I think that that's, that's the role. I think that that's, that's what I, I don't think I know. That's what I came here to do. That's what I came out here to do. I wanted to be someone who was able to be a, you know, uh, sort of a, a, a voice you could trust 
following the team, a, a, a place you could turn when you wanted analysis, when you wanted news, when you want whatever, when you want coverage of your favorite team. And the coverage is not going to be its best if I'm not willing to ask hard questions sometimes. Because I know exactly what the response would be if nobody asked about the question, if nobody asked about the crowd. It would be, how did nobody ask about the crowd? <laughs> I've had press conferences before where I, I there was a question, this is at Ohio State, but where there was a question that I should have asked, that somebody should have asked, that nobody did. And I got dragged for it correctly. <laughs> correctly. It's my job. It's my job to, to sit there sometimes and ask hard questions and to, to take the, the heat that comes with that. And I will. But I, I want to I wanted to explain myself here at the start of the podcast because I, I want to I want to get across here that I stand by this. I think it was right. I think it was the right question. Frankly, I thought I I thought I got a damn good answer out of it. Apologies for the expletive. I try to keep those off of this as best I can. I thought I got a really good answer. I thought, like I said, I thought I got the truth. I thought I got the true feelings of a football coach, and you don't get that very often, man. You don't. When you do this job, you you understand quickly. You learn quickly that these guys don't want to tell you how they feel. They don't. You wouldn't in their position. If I was in their position, I certainly wouldn't. You're. It's. It's. You know, a program is something personal to you as a coach. It's something that you take very personally. It's something that you take. A lot of them were very private about it. Most of them. I get it. And and I, I felt that that Blake was very honest in this moment. I thought that he was very, very open. I thought he made himself very vulnerable and and shared things, shared an answer that you don't usually get. You know? And and that's that's what I do this for, is to get those answers is to get the closest thing I can get to the truth. And sometimes the truth relates just to feelings. It relates just to how a coach is feeling, how a player is feeling. And, you know, I, I don't think that I would be doing really much of anything of value if I just got him to say, you know, well, it was a frustrating game. And we're going to we're gonna watch the film and move on. I can, you know, anybody can say that. Anybody can get that. That's the default answer. That's the, that's the thing you'd put out in a press release. And I don't, I'm not trying to get a press release out of him. I'm trying to get the truth. I'm trying to get actual thoughts. I'm trying to get his, his, you know, his process, his brain process. I'm trying to get to, to know what he's thinking about, what he is, what he's seeing. I think that that's going to yield more accurate, more interesting reporting on the actual events that transpired. And I think it did. I think it did, whether you like his answer or not. And a lot of people don't. I get it. I get why they don't. I don't have thoughts on it. I'm, 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 like I said, I'm not going to form an opinion on it. I think that both sides have a case. I, I, I see both angles. But I wanted to start this, and I've not done 30 minutes on this. I wanted to start this with a, with a, a, a talk about the question, about the actual end of game, you know, situation that has sparked a whole lot of conversation and has sparked a whole lot of response, and I think sparked a really good quote. A really vulnerable quote, an open quote from a coach who is, you know, helming a team that's struggling right now. And I appreciate Blake for giving that that 
kind of answer. I appreciate him for facing the question head on. I think that that takes a lot of, of guts to do. A lot of coaches won't do that, man. A lot of them won't. They'll sidestep it, and he didn't. He looked me straight in the eye and he answered my question. I respect it. Absolutely, I respect it. It's, that's, that's a, you know, you've got to be a big man to do that. You do. And again, you like his answer or not, he didn't dodge it. He answered it straight up. I respect it. Absolutely. I'm glad he answered it, and I'm glad I asked it. I think I was right to do so. I think that it was a question that needed to be asked, and I think it was an answer that needed to be given. How he did it, you might agree with. What he said, you might disagree with. Whatever. But I think it was important to get this context, and I think I did. And so I, I come away from this standing by it. I think it was valuable. I think it was important. I think that it was necessary for, for the game at hand. I want to talk about the game at hand now. Um, it stunk. <laughs> it stunk. It was really bad. I have, I have alluded to it. It was really, really bad on all fronts. All parts of this were really bad for Utah State. The offense was quite a bit worse than the defense. That has been the case for several weeks now. Um, I don't know what the problem is with the offense yet. I've not, I've not dived into the film in full. I'm going to tomorrow today as you're listening to this on Monday that's my morning is going to be watching the film and charting it and clipping it and making gifts of it and writing about it um I'm going to do as best I can what the team is going to do and and break down the film try and help explain what happened here I've not had the chance to do so I can't speak authoritatively on it yet um I wanted to get the podcast out Monday instead of Tuesday because Tuesday is just too late for a recap I didn't have the time to watch the game today. Um, had to write the cover, had to write the notebook, watched it yesterday live, had a, had a good enough idea of it that I felt I could do that. Um, but it was bad. I thought the play calling was really bad. I, I really, I really don't grasp the third and long running plays. Next time we talk to Blake Anderson, I'm going to ask him about that specifically. I try not to ask super football specific questions immediately after a game because then you never get an answer it's 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 always just i need to watch the film which i get because when you're down on the sidelines it's really hard to understand what's going on on the football field you just don't see all that much and so i i I get it and i try to not like i said i try not to ask super intensive questions after a game of the things that actually happen in the game because i've gotten you know need to watch the film about a hundred times and I, I just don't need to hear that anymore I, I we all need to watch the film I understand and so the next time we will I promise I will ask about the third down runs about any other things that I notice in the game that don't make sense to me I, I will um I, I I everything that I try to do in this I am trying to do right by the people who read and support my stuff that's my bosses it's I know that that's a cliche literally that you guys are my bosses and if i'm not doing the right thing uh for for you know making compelling content for you then i am not follow i'm not doing the job i'm not doing the 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 responsibilities of the job and that's what i'm going to try and do so i'm going to ask those questions when i get the chance i'm going to watch the film (laughs) i just said i've got a ton ton of times i am going to do that i am actually going to watch the film um but immediate takeaways, I don't I don't understand the running plays. I don't think that the run game is especially well designed at this point. There's no real depth to anything that they do. They have like three plays, it looks like, and none of them work very well. I think that the interior of the offensive line being so green, it has really thrown a wrench in their plans because 
you know, they were going to have to replace <clears throat> one starter at guard, but Quazel White was expected to be a starter on this team until he got arrested. And that was in May. That's not something you plan for, and they've, they've got a freshman in there right now. And I think that Waylon Mapuahu has acquainted himself really well. I think he's done a really good job in, in the situation that he's in, which is not an easy situation for anybody. But the interior of the offensive line has really struggled in getting a push, and the rushing attack has suffered for it. Um, also in the rushing attack, I really don't understand why Robert Briggs is not playing more. Two carries for 21 yards, both of which came at the end of the game. Um, I think he's the best running back on the team. <laughs> That's an extreme reaction. I think he's the best one on the team. Talent-wise, I don't really have any questions about that. Um, I, I think we got to see him more um i'm looking at eight carries here at least that should have been his uh I, I, uh calvin tyler jr you got to play he's the starter he's he's a very good running back he's a very very good starting running back but why robert briggs is not the primary backup at this point doesn't make any sense to me i think he's easily easily clear of the other backups it's not even close to me i i i, I really i don't understand that i'm gonna ask about that as well i get he's a freshman and it's you know responsibilities and all but that kid is too talented for two carries he just is um running game has its issues certainly running game was a big issue here utah state was never really able to force weber state to back off and stop blitzing so much rushing attack just never got going there's not really anything going to the outsides uh, save for a couple jet sweeps all of which seem to work i don't know why they don't do more of those because it seems like the jet sweeps always work um, cause they're so loaded on the inside for running that any outside runs work really well. I would really like to see more outside handoffs to running backs, regular outside zone sweeps, um, you name it, uh, counter. I need to see more in the rushing attack. And maybe it's a matter of they, they weren't game planning for it because they didn't think they were going to need it in these games, which they did as it turns out. Um, but I need to see more from the rushing attack. I think it was more diverse last year than it was this year, and I don't understand where that has gone. Um, the tempo, I get why they're not running tempo when you're not successful on early downs. You really can't run tempo for it. Would it just doesn't make sense? You'd have you know 15 minutes of possession and you'd lose by more points. If your offense is not being effective, there's no reason to run tempo. You'd just be running yourself off the field. Um. And so I, I understand that. I do think the tempo needs to come back, but they need to be successful before it can happen. Um, passing attack has any number of issues. The lack of a vertical threat stands out still. Uh, they're not protecting Logan Bonner especially well. It's not disastrous, but it's not been great. Um, and I think the ride receivers, especially this group, is just not playing very well right now. They're, they're not getting a ton of separation. Balls are hitting hands and bounces bouncing off. Um, routes are not super crisp. I, I, I think that this is as much a play calling issue, as much a play design issue, as much a receiver issue, as much a running back issue, as much as an offensive line issue as it is a Logan Bonner issue, which is I think part of why Blake Anderson was not was so un you know disappointed, I guess, frustrated with the reaction. I really don't think that this is on Logan Bonner specifically, guys. I don't. Um, I know that people have sort of honed in on him. He's the quarterback. It's really easy to do. But if you actually watch these games, it's really not on him. Um, it's really not. <laughs> it's really, really, it's really not. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be condescending. It's just not. It's just not on him. It's not his fault that this is happening. His guys aren't open, and when they are open, they don't catch the ball. 
it's uh, there are a lot of issues that I would single out offensively before I would get to Logan Bonner. I don't think you just become bad overnight, injury or not. He still knows how to throw the football, and his guys just aren't open. They're just not open, and they aren't catching the ball. Receivers have to be better. Receivers are the biggest part of this offense right now that I have concerns about. This room has not been good so far. I thought Terrell Vaughn played really well. I would like to see more of him. I thought he played really well. He was pretty much the only guy on the offense who I thought played well. And that kick return was fantastic. That was a spectacular kick return. Um, Kyle Van Leeuwen's not bringing a whole lot right now. Justin McGriff's not bringing a whole lot right now. Brian Cobb's disappointing performance here. Um, he's been pretty good early on, but he, he was not great here. He doesn't really have the speed to separate either, and he's a big enough body that he can still make plays. But um, personally, I don't really know why you'd need Justin McGriff and Brian Cobbs out there. I think Cobbs just does a better job of what McGriff is trying to do. Um, I, I, I would love to be proven wrong. I think McGriff is a really fun player, but I've not seen it from him consistently enough to justify starting minutes. Um, Van Leeuwen, same thing. I, I think Vaughn gives you more. Um, I'd like to see Cobbs, Vaughn, Nana Davis, and Xavier Williams in some combination. Xavier Williams, I, I think, must have some, some practice issues to not be playing uh, more than he is I don't imagine I'm breaking any news there it seems pretty obvious if he's not playing it's because of issues in practice um, they would be playing him if he was impressing more um, but I'm, I'm not satisfied at all with this receiver room I, I cannot imagine that these are going to be the guys who take Utah State to the promised land if they want to get there this season I just I don't think that this top four is, is doing it I don't think it makes sense I, I, I think it's it's uh, there's too much redundancy in your top four at this receiver room and there needs to be a little bit more diversity there for uh, for for you know ability for scheme talent for for skill set for what you bring to the table there's got to be different different looks than what they have right now um, I think that those guys who I mentioned all can serve a role, but I don't think starter is going to be the one for, for several of them. Um, I've just, I've not seen it. I've not seen it on that level. And I think the offense has a lot of work to do over this next, uh, these next two weeks going into the UNLV game, a lot of work to do, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of personnel looks, um, adding some plays, working on some plays, workshopping some stuff that they're doing, changing some things that they're doing to better accommodate a green offensive line on the interior. Um, I would expect that all of that is going to be on the table. I, I don't think that there's a single thing right now that they are committed to beyond Logan Bonner, and I think that that is understandable. He is the only part of this offense that I think is truly proven at this point. Calvin Tyler Jr. is pretty proven. Alvin or uh, Alfred Edwards is pretty proven. Jacob South, Cole Motes. Um, those guys, you know, I think you can trust those guys, but a lot of the rest of the, this offense, man, I, I, I think it is, I think it has to be up for debate at this point. And I think it will be defensively. I really don't have a ton from this game. I don't think that this was really on the defense. The third quarter drive that spanned 10 minutes was really bad. And the third, the third down defense was not good in general. Um, the, the pass rush has to be better. I don't know what is going on there because I think those guys are quite a bit better than they're showing on the stat sheet. No sacks in this game is bad. It's really bad. They should be getting a lot more than that. I don't think that Weber State's offensive line is especially good. Um, but I, I a lot of the issues defensively, I think, were just that they were worn down. They were on the field a lot. They were on the field for a long time. They were having to go on the field after three and outs a lot. 
there were a lot of three and outs that came immediately after the defense made a big play. Defense forced four, four turnovers in this game, and the offense didn't do a single thing with them. And that can be really, really hard to deal with as a defensive uh, player. And I, I think that the defense did pretty much the best it could have done here, uh, given the circumstances. Final score was not pretty, but seven of those points came off of an interception. Uh, three more came off of an interception that put Weaver State in really good territory. Um, you look at the scoring drive here. The scoring drives here for Weber State, uh, eight plays, 42 yards. So starting on the, uh, not starting on the, starting at the 43, at the Weber State 43, good field position, ended in a field goal. Two plays, 79 yards. That was bad. That was bad. Blown coverage there. Um, four plays, five yards, ended in a field goal. You got three points out of five yards. That's not on the defense. Um, Let's see here. Missed field goal. Six plays, 54 yards. Started at their own 17. Too many explosive plays on that one. Two explosive passing plays. Um, Let's see. 18 plays, 86 yards. That was the really, really bad one. But five plays, 33 yards. That one started at the Utah State 33. That was the one that got them to 35 defense I just I don't think that it's on them here I think the defense obviously needs to be continuing to improve I think the defense is is still not where it needs to be in full secondary has been having some issues the run defense has still not been all that good Weber State did run the ball somewhat well I mean they averaged 3.6 yards per carry uh, the big passing plays were really an issue, and then the third downs not being able to get off the field has been a problem all year. Um, and that, that has any number of, of causes. But I don't think that the defense was the issue here. I think it was an offensive problem. I think it has been an offensive problem all season. Um, I think there's a lot to do there. A lot to do there. Uh, all over the place. And uh, I think that they there's you know there are reasons for optimism given that this is not the first time that Blake Anderson has struggled in the non-conference and then turned it around. I think there's absolutely reasons for optimism. This is a talented team, far more talented than they have shown on the field. And talented teams who are struggling can click. It can. It, it can happen. It can. I've seen it happen before. I will see it happen again. I might see it happen this year. I don't think that it is out of the realm of possibility by any means. I don't think that this is a, a dead season. I don't think that this is one that we could we could be calling in week three. A lot of football left to be played. Um, but they've got to make changes. They do. They've got to make adjustments. They've got to figure out what is going on here. They've got to find more leadership. Leadership was a big part of the postgame press conference, not having it. I don't know how that happens. Um, you got to find that got to have guys stepping up into bigger, bigger roles. And honestly, I'm going to connect the two thoughts. If you don't have leadership on offense, what are you playing all these seniors for, man? What are these guys doing out there? If you don't trust them as leaders, you know, Terrell Vaughn said after the game that the, the you know, the, the wide receiver room lost a lot of leadership and they're looking for new guys to step up. Justin McGriff has been around, man. He's a senior Kyle Van Leeuwen. He's been here. Brian Cobbs is an older guy. Terrell Vaughn's an older guy. You, you, some of those guys have to step up or they have to not play. I mean, it's harsh, but dude. Man, I, I if you're not having leadership from the older guys on the offense, those guys are not playing well enough to justify continued starting roles. There are young players on this team who need to be on the field if the, the, 
seniors are not offering something in the way of leadership, intangible that we can't see. You know what? What? What's the point of having those guys out there if they're not leaders? Because they're certainly not better than Nana Davis. They're certainly not better than Nana Davis. The older running backs backing up Calvin Tyler are not better than Robert Briggs. The guys on defense playing ahead of Ike Larson are not better than Ike Larson. Hope he's okay. Also, he had he got dinged up a couple times at the end of the game. It looked like he was okay. He was he was over on the sidelines. Seemed like he was fine. I think he just twisted his knee or something. It looked like bumps and bruises. Um, yeah, I I think that there there is there's going to be some looks in the mirror. Certainly, some hard looks in the mirror. And I think that that the the path that that I would see if you're not having leadership from some of your older guys on offense, if that's a problem, you've got a lot of young talent there. A lot. Trent Wood of, uh, of Deseret wrote a really great story after week one about the youth movement at Utah State, the quiet youth movement. I would recommend if you haven't read it. I think it's a, I think it's a really good idea. I think it's a really good concept. I think that he was uh, significantly ahead of, of everybody else on that. I think he was right. I think he's spot on. That there is a youth movement, a burgeoning youth movement on this roster. And if you're not getting that from your veteran guys, if you're not getting leadership, if you're not, we know they're not getting production. Um, I don't know what the point of keeping them out there is other than just loyalty, uh, which is great when you aren't losing by four scores to an FCS team. Loyalty is great when you're winning. It's fantastic. But after this, you got to look at everybody. You got to look at the seniors. You got to look at the older guys. You got to have a blunt conversation about that. And, and, you know, think about, is it, you know, is this something that we are, are we getting enough from these guys to justify playing them over these guys, these younger players who are supremely talented, supremely talented, extremely good players. Nana Davis, I think, is really good. Robert Briggs is fantastic. Ike Larson just keeps making plays. There's, there's guys all over the place like that. And I, I think that that, you know, that is a conversation that you have in the locker room. It's a conversation that you have in the football building. I don't think it's a conversation that you have in the middle of a game in the uh, student section, as I've made clear. I don't think that there's a conversation to be had at quarterback. Logan Bonner's the best quarterback on the team, healthy or not. I know that Cooper Lega has a has a sizable fan base among Utah State fans, and I I agree with with Blake, with Blake Anderson that he's going to have a very good career at Utah State once his time is is uh, you know once it comes. But it's not yet. He's not better. He's not better than Logan Bonner, guys. He's not. He's not healthy, Logan Bonner or not. He's not better. He's not there yet. The arm is not there yet. The reading is not there yet. He's a great runner. That's it. That's it. He's a great runner right now. And I think that he has flashes of being a really good quarterback, but he is not on the level that Logan Bonner is. And that is that is the one place on the offense that I think I am I am pretty well committed to the guy that they have starting there. The rest of the spots, man, I think you gotta look at them. I think you do. I think you gotta look at the younger guys at some of these positions and see do they bring more energy? Energy, man. The, 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 no energy to start these games. Just flat everywhere. Flat everywhere. Do they bring more energy? Do they bring more fire? Do they bring more passion? Can they grow into leadership roles? They might not be leaders right now, but if you put them out on the field, can they become those kind of guys? It's the questions 
that they're going to be asking for the next two weeks over there. And I think that when they come out against UNLV on September mm-hmm, 24th, maybe? I think it's the 24th. That sounds right. When they come out against UNLV on September 24th, question mark in parentheses, they better have it. They better have that energy. They, 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 wherever it comes from, the leadership, the accountability, the energy, the desire to go out there and be more physical and to win these games the way that Utah State wins these games, the way that they won them last year, they better have it. Because if they don't, then the boos are only going to get louder and they're only going to be more justified. That's, uh, that's, that's the way it is. Can't lose this one, certainly can't lose that one. Got to get back on track, got to get more energy going. Got to find it from somewhere. And that's what the next two weeks are going to be about. I think Blake Anderson has earned the benefit of the doubt here with what he has done in his career, with what he's done at Utah State. The man's been to seven bowl games in eight years. He's won three conference titles, I think, four division titles. Oh, he's won more games than he's lost. He's got nearly a 70% winning percentage conference play. Um, I'm, You know, I could be reading off the bio here, but it's true. It's true. Whether you, whether, you know, however you're feeling about it right now, it's true. I'll defend the man. Uh, I, I think he's a very good football coach. I do. I think he's a very good program builder. I think he's. I, th- I think Utah State is extremely fortunate to have the coach that it does in Blake Anderson, to have the staff that it does. Efren Bonda is, I think, one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, and you've got him in Logan for two years at least. Not the kind of guy who comes around very often. Very, very good defensive coordinator. Very good coaches on this staff. You got a, a fantastic defensive line coach. I think you got really, really good coaches throughout. And a really good coach leading the way. A really good man leading the way. A person who I, I think represents himself and the program in a way that you you dream of. Certainly as an administrator, but as a fan. it's He is a... He is a very good person to have representing your, your your organization. Is he perfect? No. Nobody is. But I think that Blake Anderson does deserve the benefit of the doubt here. I think that people turning on him are being harsh. I think that they're they're being I think they're making too rash a decision based on a night of, of emotions running very high for good reason. He has made this is a this is a, a bad outcome here. This is a very bad outcome. This is a, a not not where you want to be if you're Blake Anderson, but I, I think he, I, like I said, I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt. And I think that he has been uh, unfairly maligned for, for ex- expressing emotions that I think are totally understandable, whether you agree with them or not. I'm going to end it on that. I, 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 let's, let's see what happens in two weeks. That's where I'm at. Let's see what happens in two weeks. This was really bad. It is not the end of the season. It's not the end of the tenure. It's not the end of anything. Let's see what happens in two weeks. And uh, let's, uh, I guess, let's hear what happens on the podcast when it is back, which will be not this upcoming week. And there's no game to talk about. I'm going to try and relax a little bit as best I can. I'm still going to put out two or three stories. I'm going to put out a uh, film review couple player features, including some women's basketball stuff, which I'm really excited about. I've not had time 
to do that. I've done like nine interviews this offseason. Shout out to Ashley Springer, who has been putting in work getting me those interviews. Um, she's, she's excellent SID for the women's basketball program. Um, so I'm going to try and get some of that stuff out, get the film review out. No podcast. I got no game to preview. Um, so I'll be back in this venue, uh, in a little bit for a UNLV preview. And hopefully the next time we talk here on the recap, it will be in, uh, you know, better circumstances, I suppose. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate it. Hopefully I have not alienated everybody who listens by spending 30 minutes talking about journalism. <laughs> oh, man. I am nothing if not myself. <laughs> I'm already getting older. Coming to terms with your own strengths and weaknesses and my, my weaknesses that I cannot ever stop talking about the things that I'm interested in. And journalism is one of them. And I did 30 minutes on it. Hopefully it was listenable. Hopefully that was not... You know, just me being extremely annoying for 30 minutes. I apologize if it was. I appreciate you listening through if it was. Um, like I said, I care about you guys. I care about Utah State fans. I've not been here long. I already care a lot, probably too much, about Utah State fans, about trying to deliver the best stuff I can. It sounds like an ad, but it's not. I, 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 want, I want to be very clear about this. I am extremely passionate about trying to to give you the coverage I think you deserve as Utah State fans. You deserve extremely good coverage. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful fan base. It's a wonderful place. Utah State is a wonderful place. I love my job. I love doing this. And I, I hope that it comes through in the work that I do. And I, I, I hope that... You know, I hope that I am doing right by... by the fan base who for for whom I am doing this, for whom I do this coverage. And uh I I, I think this week that I have. I, I hope that I uh I hope that I have. Maybe I haven't. If I haven't I'm gonna do better. But hopefully I have. Again, appreciate your support, appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you all soon.